You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is Chris Sims, and you're listening to Profiles in CRM. Welcome to Profiles in CRM, episode 16. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles in CRM asks CRM professionals eight simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. Okay, we're here on Profiles, and here's the first question. What is your name, and who do you work for? I am Chris Sims, and I actually just left a position with Brockington, um, and I am currently between jobs, but I'll be uh, starting uh, with a smaller CRM firm called Corn Island Archaeology, and uh, I've also got a bunch of other uh, pots on the stove right now with uh, nonprofit work in sustainability, bike advocacy, and a... uh, nonprofit educational group that does archaeology in the summers. Did you say bike advocacy like bicycle? Yeah. Um nice. so the the group that I do bike advocacy with is uh called Bicycling for Louisville and uh we we help the city of Louisville decide how to spend their money on bike infrastructure uh that's uh kind of like more just and fair for non-motorists uh, including pedestrians. Yeah, there's a just to go on a side note here. There's a, a handful of handful of serious bikers out there in archaeology. Our Stephen Wagner, one of our hosts, is uh, for the Sierra Archaeology podcast. He's um he's a big biker. Um, nice. And, and I think he started an archaeologist group on Strava as well, the Strava app. Um, have to look. I need that to check that. Anyway, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a look at it. All right. So the next question: How long have you been working in CRM? Uh, I've been doing CRM since uh, 2009, and the bulk of that has been with uh, Brockington. And you keep saying Brockington. It reminds me, I follow their uh, Twitter feed, which is uh, which is also, I think, usually maintained by, I think he goes by Christ Laro or something like that, or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. I'm sure uh, you know him. Yeah, Christian LaRosa. He's uh, based in yeah, the Charles, right. South Carolina office. Uh, really great nice. guy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, all right. So next question, what position do you usually have in CRM and what's the highest position you've ever held? So, you know, I mean, field tech crew chief, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so usually I end up uh, working as a field director or a crew chief, you know, just running the crews out in the field. And the highest position I've I've reached is a, a project manager or senior archaeologist, however they decide to call that position. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it varies. All right, and the last sort of setup question is uh, where have you worked? So what states have you worked in or countries? Yeah, um, well, with CRM, uh, with Brockington, uh, the bulk of my work was in the Ohio River Valley in uh, Kentucky here, Uh, but they've also um, had a lot of work that I've done all over the southeast and some in the Midwest, and uh, with the academic projects and nonprofit work that I do, I've been in Belize and Portugal. So what is the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist? Huh. Um, I would say uh, the best thing to come out of working in archaeology is my worldview uh, that it's given me. Uh, and that's kind of the biggest nutshell that I could put all that into. But, you know, it's, it's from, uh, from the archaeologist standpoint, 
you look at the earth systems and human environment interaction and, you know, leading to sustainability and climate change and all that and understanding that in the deep past and also in the present and, you know, kind of giving us insight for the future as well. That's really neat. But also uh, the worldview that comes out of working in archaeology is just respect for heritage and cultural sensitivity and, you know, applying that in all aspects of your life. That's a that's a great answer. I, I've, I've found similar things, even if it's just within archaeology. Uh, you, you find out when you go to another company that there isn't just one way to do something. You're, you have an expanded view working in CRM because you've worked in other places and you have an expanded view on cultures and, and everything like that. So it's a, that's a really good answer. All right. What is the biggest thing you would change that would make being a CRM archaeologist better? The biggest thing that we could do to improve CRM as a profession is to work on educating undergrads before they get to CRM. And that's one of the biggest uh, downfalls of academia right now is I feel that they're not doing enough to uh, create a job market for the degrees that they're pumping out. Um, you know, and they kind of view their job, and I might be wrong about this as a blanket statement, but there's plenty of cases where academics view their job as done when they pump a degree out. Um, so we have, you know, people coming into the field who don't really know enough about CRM and, and as you've discussed in other episodes, uh, field schools through academia don't prepare you for everything you're going to face in CRM. And so, you know, there needs to be something in academia that's teaching more about CRM or even if there's just, you know, more workshops, if, if we're going to take responsibility for that as CRM archaeologists, maybe we need to be hosting more workshops and engaging the public more to just teach them like what it is we do and how to do it effectively. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And that's, that's something we try to do here with the podcasts and that's, the whole reason we try to do them is to try with that uh, to get that education out there, and I totally agree with academics. You're right; they do sometimes think their job stops with with pumping out that degree, um, and I think the same thing goes for CRM as well. People think their job stops when they finish their report um, or when they finish their field work, even. And in both cases, there's a lot more work to do. Um, there's education. There's educating the public in the case of CRM, and there's educating the uh, your undergraduates and continuing to help them. You know get ready for what they're going to be experiencing. So that's, that's a really good answer. Oh, definitely. And it's not just limited to, uh, archeology span in academia. I feel like, uh, academia across the board in the American for-profit university system is really failing to, uh, nurture job markets for the degrees that they're putting out. And, you know, the, the economy and the job market has changed so much just in the past decade that, there's a need for a restructuring like this. Right. Well, here's another question. What is your career goal in CRM? It's the, where do you see yourself in 20 years question? Uh, I'd say all of my, I have a bunch of goals and I'd say all of them would fall under the big nutshell of, I just want more autonomy eventually. And, um, so that's things like in the short term, um, working toward getting a, principal investigator status, um, with the state of Kentucky and, um, you know, just moving up in the ranks to where I can have a little bit more wiggle room to, you know, pick and choose with projects and, and kind of have like 
you know, uh, a more in-depth uh, run through a project uh, than I currently do. And then later on in my career, just to have more of that. And all along the way, I hope to be presenting at conferences and networking, engaging the public, um, publishing, all of that kind of focusing more on looking at things the way that, that I want to. And the last question, if you could give an undergrad thinking about CRM one piece of advice, what would that be? Uh, always be grinding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I would say, you know, uh, as, as we were saying earlier, uh, your job doesn't stop once you graduate from college. Um, and along the way, while, while you're in college and afterwards, you always need to be making opportunities for yourself. Um, because they're not going to come to you. So sometimes you luck out and an opportunity lands in your lap. Um, but you know, you, you've got to be working hard all along and you've got to recognize chances to grow and improve. And even if you're on a project or volunteering your time and, and it might not be, you know, your ideal situation, you can make something useful out of that on your CV. Um, and you know, you might not like the situation you're in right now, but you can use that in the future to do something better. And, you know, I like to, I like to call the early stages of a career in CRM or archeology span is like serving your time in the salt mines, you know, like it, some of it is going to suck, but you've got to kind of serve your time a little bit, like within all fairness, uh, before you can move up and, and do some better things. All right, we're here with Jordan Harbinger from theartofcharm.com again, and we're going to talking about the Art of Charm podcast. And over the last month, we've had some people write in and comment about the Art of Charm, and they want to know a little more about it. So, Jordan, can you tell us a little more about what they can find on your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I know that the term sort of like networking and relationship development is all vague and everything. So basically, we focus on a lot of things, very broad topics. Our toolkits are focused on things like body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, business networking, negotiation, relationship management, et cetera. But we also branch into other topics like, I had a guy on the show named Brad Salas, a guest, and he talked about millennials and how they can relate to their bosses better, uh, their boomer bosses, and how boomer bosses can relate to the new millennials better. Because as you can see in workplaces, those are guys are butting heads and it's, kids are so dumb these days and it's old people don't get it. And it's just like, if we can bridge that gap, we can be more productive. So we gave a lot of practical exercises and steps to use that. We've also talked about how to burn fat while you're working with weird things like treadmill desks and being cold while you're working in the office to burn calories while you're just sort of being you working all day. And we, we cover hundreds of other things, but those are two kind of concrete examples of it. Hey, and these are real world things you can use. I've actually turned the temperature down in my home office because of that podcast uh, about just being cold because it's something you can do that's easy. Yeah, and there's plenty of guys out there listening to the show who bought these weird ice vests and they're sitting there freezing right now, but, you know, losing weight doing it. So we're weirdos, but we assume we're in good company. That's right. Well, you can check out more from The Art of Charm at theartofcharm.com and you can check out the podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and everywhere you download podcasts. Thank you. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. 
Interviews take less than 30 minutes, and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the field. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.